Hey, this is Matt Irwin, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. Welcome back to Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. I'm Kyle, your host. He's Daniel. Hello. And he's Matt. Hey, guys. How was your weekend, everybody? Uh, not too bad. How about yours, Kyle? Pretty dull <laughs> and boring. Sounds like you had a good weekend at the house, just doing repairs again. I, I did. Power washed my house, finally. Got all the shrubs and trees cut down. My house actually looks presentable. My Pr- neighbors no longer call me that house of shame. Pruning the hedges. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I'm like Kyle. Not nothing too exciting. The most noteworthy, I guess, was my dog decided to eat my wife's phone last night, like chew on it and break the screen and and all that good stuff. Oh, wow, no. that's impressive. Yeah, I was pretty mad. I was like, "Come on, really? This phone's worth more than you are. I could just throw you out in the yard <laughs> easier yeah. than I can replace the phone." Seriously though, those phone screens are are pesky. So and the question is, did he eat the whole wheel of cheese and poop in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> not even mad. Actually, quite impressed. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll see about getting that fixed this week. I don't know why that came into my head. I just haven't seen that movie in so long. I just love Anchorman. Not Anchorman 2, though. I didn't see it, but all the thing I heard, I just, they were like, you don't need to go see it. It's terrible. Any of those comedy movies that were basically cult classics, after you get past the first one, it's just done. It's it's one and done, in my opinion. Don't make it a second one. You guys ever seen Office Space? Nope. No. Oh, my gosh. You're talking about cult movies? That's a good one to go see. Being an IT person, it's a little old school <laughs> space in my heart. Yes, Kyle, you are an IT person. So Now, we'll say, Matt, have you seen Mighty Ducks yet? Mm. Like the classic one? Yeah, yeah the yeah. movie. So did you know the NHL Network? Yeah, I've been seeing that like replete all over my Twitter feed. I was wondering what's going on with that. This is all <laughs> over, all over Twitter. I thought that was pretty cool. Like the Preds are tweeting it, the mascots are tweeting it, NHL, the network was tweeting it. I was like, Wow. We're actually kind of getting unified together in one common goal before the season starts and we all hate each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good way to get everyone, you know, all the juices flowing again considering uh, opening uh, week is coming up. So, Yeah, after I saw the first couple of posts, I was thinking, hmm, maybe this is like every team is doing this, not just like us or Nash- you know, Nashville-related stuff. It must be a thing going on. i tell you what, though. Going into the weekend, I was super excited because I knew that this week hockey was back. I mean, I left with a little pep in my step I did out too. the doors on Friday. I, I was like, yes, it is back. I get a long weekend coming up, and hockey returns on Thursday. It's a like, good week. Part of me actually was so hyped for hockey that even yesterday, I was checking the app to see if there's any games that were decided <laughs> to be played early so I could watch them. <laughs> yeah. No. Preseason was kind of like that appetizer, and now we're getting to the, the bread and butter. You know, everybody's ready, table set. Just waiting for it to happen. Whereas I like to call it an appetizer. Wow. Goodness. Considering I had no big news over the weekend, the Predators had some big news that dropped today. Kyle, what happened? We got our roster set. Finally. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) Mind sink. So, made a couple cuts. We did. Kamenov and uh, Goudreau got sent back down to the minors. So, Milwaukee would be happy to have them. I think that if Kamenov keeps doing the way he's doing... I think next season he might be able to make the jump finally to the big league. I think the same could be said for Freddie as well. 
he looked really strong in the preseason games that I uh, I watched. It did seem that he could not capitalize as well on certain plays. I think it was that one feed from Yossi on the back post, mm-hmm. wide open. But he was at least getting himself in the position to score and and have that opportunity. And he, he as always, he's extremely fast and physical. So I, I really think that was probably their pep talk. Continue, you know what you're doing. You're doing. You're taking the right steps. Be ready because if there's injuries. He's obviously, I think, the next one to get called up to replace someone. Well, speaking of called up, Gerard's the one who got called up. That was the big news for today. Yes. So uh, I guess that's really the direct replacement uh, while Ellis is going to be on the injured reserve. Quite interesting seeing some of the pairings uh, or projected pairings for the defense. It looks like we're going to have Yossi Irwin, Ekholm Subban, Emmelyn Weber, and then our extras are Gerard and Batetto. How do you guys feel about that? I actually like it. I'm curious about how many games they're going to play Gerard because they can only play him nine games before he burns a year on his entry-level contract. And if it gets to the point that we get close to that, they're going to probably send him back down to his junior team. Yeah. Now, this was a... It's so funny. Taylor and I were talking about this at work today. And we were saying what we might see happen is you might see some of those other rookies like Carrier and Daughtry kind of rotate in as the extras throughout the season and they'll just sprinkle them in and not use them up to the nine games. But they can have that option to do that. It's just going to be sad because I hope they just don't burn him through nine immediately. On the front end, you mean? Yeah. I think it's going to be spaced out. So. I hadn't considered that, spacing it out, actually. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that obviously your core six there are going to start most of your games, especially coming out fresh on a new season, at least the first month or so. Then maybe on some of the longer road trips in particular, I think you're also going to see with, see that with Soros this year. You're oh, going to yeah. see him sub in on some of the longer road trips to give Peck some rest because Peck always plays better on some extra rest. So I think the same deal is going to be said for Gerard. I would say at that point you put Soros, I would put him on the front end of a back-to-back. Oh, for sure. I know last season he played the back end of a back-to-back, but I just like flip him, make him play the front. Yeah, we'll we'll kind of see how that pans out and how the schedule is looking. It, I, I think just briefly glancing over the schedule, it looked like we had more away games through December, and then we had more home games. That could be totally wrong. It was just a quick glance. but We always seem to have that very long road trip uh, first quarter of the season. Out the stretch, yeah. I know for the forward lines, we've got... Uh, Victor Arvidsson, Fiala Forsberg, Shocker. Hartnell on the second line with Benino. What about and that? And Fiala. I'm not going to lie. You, put, you had Fiala on the first line. Fiala's on the second line. Oh, my bad. It's Jofa on the first line, and Fiala's on the second. Well, you know. Projected. Forsberg, Fiala. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Let's start with an F. <laughs> yes. Uh, but interesting, yeah, having Fiala, Benino, Hartnell on that second line. I'm not going to lie. I saw this projected matchup. Today or not matchup, uh, line project, uh, projection, and I was pretty excited about it. Oh, definitely. Um, you're going to have someone who flourished on a third line in Pittsburgh come up to your second line, get more ice time. Then you're bringing back Hartnell, a super physical presence in front of the net. And then on top of it, Fiala is looking fantastic. What did he, I mean, he was incredible in the preseason. Looked like our best player by far in the last preseason. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, I'm pretty sure they gave him some uh, cybernetics for his leg. I, I don't know how, but I mean, literally three months ago, kid shatters his femur. 
and he's already back out there skating and looks better than before the injury. It's robotics. So, he's got a robotics in him. <laughs> easy IT guy. But um, seriously, though, I'm super excited for that second line. And then, of course, you have Salty, Sisson, Smith, McLeod, Yarncroke, and Watson. How do you all feel about the third and fourth line? I, I just got a big thumbs down for Matt. How about you go ahead, Matt? Yeah, I'm not too hot on that fourth line at all. But what did you expect? That is our fourth line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you really expect was going to happen? Who did you I, want? I didn't on, expect who did you want on our fourth line? It just hurts to look at it. Like, I, all right, first line, awesome, Jofa. You know what a what a historic. Like, okay, I can see this coming back. It's cool. <laughs> We're we getting the some, band back together. We had some questions. You know, <laughs> we might split that line up, but it's cool to see him back. I know what that line looks like, and I know how they produce. Second line, like you said, all really interested in Hartnell, Bonino, Fial. That's a great line. But as it goes down the list, I get less and less excited. I'm like, oh, that's that's still a thing. He's still there. Let me make a little, you know, suggestion here. Sissons also bumped up and played like first line time when Joey was down. Ended up scoring a hat trick. Yeah, lucky. Lucky, I know. But he's getting more experience, and that's the the key part. And then, how do you think about Salty's? performance during the preseason salty is preseason I think, performance i think it was awesome he looked fantastic and for a third line player if he continues that and he gets third line production like that i'm okay with our third line being like that smith on the other hand eh, i got some questions <laughs> on smith I, uh, I keep waiting for smith to get that demotion back down to the fourth line and bump watson dude, up instead i've had that opinion on smith for like two or three years he you guys are just finally catching up to it so, i've always had that opinion that Smith is to me, he's like that iffy player. Watching his performance, watching him literally smith it a few times. Smith it. <laughs> for, for his salary, it, it, it's questionable. He's so hit and miss. He's not consistent. I think if he can work on just being consistent this year, don't go for you know anything spectacular. Don't set a lofty goal. Just <laughs> get something that's obtainable. For, for his money, I couldn't have him on the fourth line. Like That, that would no, not equate. That exactly. doesn't equal. That's why he's on the third line. So. But that means he needs to be stepping it up then because if you're even questioning, oh, this guy might should be on the fourth line and we're paying him third line money. Well, I'm hoping. But there was times last year that Lavi did basically as punishment say, okay, you're he not doing well. You're going to the fourth line. He did. And that was kind of a good wake-up call for him. And I think that if Salty stays hot and then Sissons starts playing to that level you know, and gets that extra experience, I think that they can bring him up and boost him up a little bit give you know smith some extra looks for the third line so we'll, we'll see how that happens but i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about the first two lines for sure i'm almost more excited for the second line i guess you're more matt excited for the first line because it's like the band's getting back together in sync's back <laughs> and uh and uh i feel like backstreet's back he, would he's, be better. he's he's super no excited way. so well i of course like the defense so i thought it was interesting <laughs> to put Yossi and Irwin on the top pair uh, because Subban and Ekholm was the ones, they were a, a common pairing last year. So the difference here is Yossi not getting Ellis. So you're letting Irwin step up to first line minutes rather than have the consistent pair from last year, Ekholm and Subban be first pair. They're slotted down number two. What's your opinion on that, letting Irwin step up? No problem with it. He had a very good uh, first half of the season last year. He stepped in where he needed to on the second line. I think he's earned the chance to prove him on the first line. Now, obviously, when Ellis comes back, yeah. it's going to get <laughs> oh, shifted yeah. back yeah. around. Yeah, this whole defensive core is going to be in flux throughout the whole season just because of the Ellis injury. You're but, uh, talking about end of December, he comes back. 
I mean, it's 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 going to change rapidly. I mean, we can talk about projected. I mean, I'm looking at the list here. I'm fine with Ekholm Subin being on the second line. Subin's always been more of a second line player for our second, a second pairing player for our team. That's where he just fits in better. Yossi's always been a first pair player. He did that with Shea. Um, the third line, the, not third line, the third pairing is kind of where it gets iffy. Because I absolutely believe Weber is where he's at. He needs to be on the third <laughs> yeah, pair. Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Emelin, I really think Potato is going to be your odd man out. Like on the list here has eight. Yeah, and you gotta not? have you gotta have six D, and you generally carry one extra. But at this point, we're carrying one extra forward, and we're carrying two extra D. So I think Gerard's gonna be, as we said earlier, sitting out a couple of games, and it's gonna be Emelin, Weber, Emelin, Potato, Weber, Potato. That third pair is gonna is gonna flux back and forth. So when Ellis comes back, or when drops the third line, I think so with Weber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, and the point I, mean, I was—the point I was making, Ekholm and Subban is a strong second pairing. They were very. The question strong. is, Yossi's obviously first, no doubt. But the question is, is Yossi and Irwin together a first line combo? It since Irwin is obviously weaker and may probably third line material. Does that bump the pairing down? Are they as good? Are they first pair material now that Irwin's on the line? That was I, the question. I think it's definitely worth a look. It's it's more balanced. It's not top heavy. Um, I will give it that because I think Yossi will bring Irwin up, but it's like I said, it's gonna it's gonna be a yin and yang kind of. One good thing about the experience D is I've made mention of it before is they will counterbalance the more inexperienced or lesser talented player. So for that fact that because of Yossi is so good, I think he will elevate Irwin. So the first line should be fun, and that keeps Ekholm and Subban on the second line as a pairing, which where they're familiar with last year too. And I will say that as um, Ellis sits on injured reserved, I'm looking here at the list we've got in front of us, and I see that uh, Marion Hosa got put on injured reserve today. He did. I feel kind of sympathetic towards him because he has been a staple, really, for the Chicago Blackhawks for a long time. Uh, actually, several teams. I mean, One of my he's, a, he's players, a championship you know, caliber player. The skin disease is it seems quite serious because I mean, for a hockey player to not <laughs> play. Due to something like that, it's kind of sad that he'll probably finish his career like this. Uh, you kind of want to see good players go out on a high note, but it seems like you said the league put him on injured reserve today because they thought he was going to be done. Yeah, the league came back and said, okay, before you put on an injured reserve, we, we want to take a look at him too. Because I can see where they're coming from because a lot of people have accused Chicago of trying to basically bury cap space yep. by putting players on yep. injured reserve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they haven't done that before. I mean, give credit. Stan Bowman is good at his job. He's a very good GM, and if he can work around it, if anybody's going to, if <laughs> David Poyle doesn't do it, Stan Bowman's going to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, looking at some of the other IRs, though, quite interesting that a former Preds player, yeah, James Neal, got put on Neal IR. He's on IR now, starting off his career with the Vegas Knights, right? So. uh Obviously stems from the hand injury that he suffered on our team, so we just gave someone to the, gave the Vegas. Them a yeah, gave them our problem. Did they mention a specific timetable on return? No, the Golden Knights. All they did was tweet. They said the Golden Knights have placed for James Neal on the injured non-roster list. <laughs> Probably his hand still. Yeah, ruining that glorious home opener against the what is it Coyotes? A game that they could potentially win. Come on, the Coyotes aren't doing anything this year. We know that. 
Yeah. I mean, as much as Matt likes them. Yeah. There's there's a couple of teams that aren't doing anything this year. and I think uh, the Coyotes and the Avalanche are part of that group. So. Well, you know one team that got sexier? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Who is it, Kyle? Well, I should say they got hotter. Whoa. Calgary Flames picked up Yagmir Yager. <sighs> They're lit right now. I think it's still unofficial, but I like Oh, it's the, official. Is it? It's official. Okay. <laughs> Kyle said so, Matt. <laughs> it That's is official right. now. <laughs> it's official. If it's on the internet or if I say it's, it's true. true. It's yeah. 100% factual. Well, if they have officially, I think it's officially listed that he will play, but the, but the, I put it this the way, contract. The, the details of the contract haven't been finalized. Uh, I think they're they saying that it's a, a million, yeah, million it's a, a year. It's a million. Yeah. It's a one year, one God, million Matt. plus a million performance. Well, where? Oh, yeah. Where am I? Duh. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, one year plus a one. Man, yeah, you must yeah. have been under a rock last two days. Well, he's been dealing with a broke phone, so. Yeah. True. Yeah, I heard that. Okay, I'm yeah, wrong it's one that. mil, one mil with the one mil incentive. It's one, one, one. Well, so. speaking of millions, didn't somebody get a nice contract? Yeah, quite substantial. You mean because of the bar Connor McDavid set so freaking high? You're talking about Jack Eichel. I know. He has <sighs> Connor McDavid to think for that high number he got. What was this contract, Kyle? What did he get? He got a, he got a ten million dollar deal for eight years. I don't know how I feel about that. I think I, they overpaid I, him just a bit. I think yeah. it's overpaid. Overpaid, and we're starting to see the league move towards that superstar status where they're paying one player an extremely high amount in the cap space, and I think that's going to come back to bite them in the long run where other teams are going away from it. More in particular, the Predators have stayed away from this, and I cannot be any happier with that decision. Like, Poyle... Poyle's uh, a wizard. Uh, Poyle, as far as his contracts this year, I thought did an incredible job. He got a little flack on the RV deal, but let me say, if, if RV starts or keeps producing 25 or 30 points uh, you know, consistently, that $4 million a year is going to look really darn good you know, five, you know, five years from now. And... And that was a little risky, but they talk about maybe overpaying. When you make such good moves, you can afford to overpay where you want because you have room for it. That's still, how you end up with six million, million in cap, in cap space. space, and we're going into the season, and that's a very poil move. We'll start the season, kind of gauge where we're at, and then midway we'll be like, you know, hey Colorado, you want to give us Duchesne finally? He's not leaving. <laughs> no. no, he's not leaving. I, I don't think he's leaving. I don't think he's leaving at all. To be quite honest, because I mean, Sakic okay. sucks. Side note. Not on the docket, but just because we brought it up, and I was thinking about today. Duchesne is probably going to stay in Colorado, which everybody knows. Yes. How well do you think he's actually going to play? <laughs> think about it like this. We all work a job. If we hate our job, our production is nowhere near as good as it would be if we love our job. Same thing for him. Same thing. He didn't have a outstanding year last year and now this year on top of it how mad you're going to be like you said he's not going to do very good similar similar thing happened to Johansson on the Blue Jackets sat him down for a couple games and they weren't happy well the coaching Tort, staff wasn't Torts was like I don't think Torts cared for him to begin with no he didn't but that's the thing if you're not happy with the situation you're going to play bad and then Joey comes here and has an incredible assist year I mean right off the bat and now he signs up eight million dollar contract for our number one center position so you're a product of your environment i do not think duchene is going to have a spectacular year i think he's going to put up decent numbers just for his teammates i'm at the maybe get them to like 30 wins maybe (laughs) i'm at the point of saying colin wilson will play better for the avalanche than matt oh my god 
because if I go that far, well, because Colin Wilson nope. wanted a fresh start. No, nope. you know why, Kyle? That is true. He definitely needed to get out of here. That's for sure. He's going to have a fresh start there. He will do better there. You know what, Kyle? He's not going to have a decent performance. You know why? Because Colorado is not going to make the playoffs, and he is playoff Wilson. He's not going to do anything. Well, maybe he can bring that playoff magic with him. No, and surprise no. us. No, no, they're not making the playoffs. But that does give us a good point. Who do you think is going to be the worst team this year in the league? Colorado. I agree. I, I mean, I just don't see them getting any better. And I think the Duchesne thing just proved they were, it. It's the nail in the coffin. They were historically like. bad last <laughs> year, and you just made your best player mad, and he's going to have <laughs> worse production than that. So I don't anticipate them getting much better. I think they're still going to be the worst team in the league this year. What about you, Kyle? It was a toss-up between the Devils and the Avalanche. Oh, it was a toss-up between a couple. Man, the Devils are going to be bad. The Avalanche are going to be bad. The Canucks don't look that far off. The Canucks Maybe have a team. Coyotes. But the sad part is, I don't even think the Golden Knights are going to be. Like, I think they're going to be like twenty-fifth on my list or something. I mean, I think it's, the Knights will have a decent season well, compared gonna have to the rest of the rest of the peak, rest of the players in their division. I think they're going to be better than the Canucks. I think they're going to definitely be better than the Coyotes. Uh, we'll see where it pans out. I don't know out. about better than the Coyotes. We'll see. They're that, hanging around. They're bottom dwellers, but uh, I think the Avalanche well, are going to be scraping Coyotes are scavengers. Oh. Mm, well good done. one, Kyle. Uh, all I know is I, I kept seeing this meme online of Yager's hair with the flame logo. It looked it good. Oh, I would made. own that. I'm not going to lie. It looked awesome. I, I'm I would definitely own that. Yager's hair anyways, but uh, I'm pretty excited that he got a contract. Um, good to see him for at least you know another season. Um, I really don't know if that's going to help the Flames in their crusade for a, a playoff run and stuff, but, uh, you know, veteran leadership. I'm trying to think of a good, like, flame fire pun, and it just isn't coming. No. I need to go phone a friend real quick. You're Hold not on. a firebender, Kyle. So. But that said, we actually had some off-season moves as well. And how how are we feeling about those now? As far as like Benino, Hartnell, or maybe even Emlyn from the Knights, because that's kind of interesting. Because we we get one of one of our players, and he's on the injury reserve, and at least we have a player that's playable right now. Yeah, let me put it to you this way: in a comparison, who who you got? Who you thinks? Who do you think was the best acquisition offseason? Was it Emlyn or was it Benino? I asked Justin this the other day too, on Twitter. One hundred percent, Benino. One hundred percent. I think it's Benino. Y'all seem very decisive about that. What, I, what what does the guru owner Matt say? Uh, I could go either way. Really. I know you like def- defensemen, but you aren't too keen on Emily. Well, we're not. Yeah, <laughs> you are not no keen. Yeah, you are not keen on him during. I think Benino was the better acquisition. Okay, but uh, I could I could see making a case for either one of them just because of the because of the Ellis being hurt and him stepping in. Okay, now at the time you gave. Uh, that you were like, oh, Emelyn, why do we get him, blah, blah, blah. And then the Ellis injury was made public afterwards, and then Hoyle was sitting over here looking like, you know, a freaking king, like, I knew this all along. Ha-ha. I mean, it's just kind of like part of his magic that he works. But go ahead, Kyle. I don't think Emelyn was the best pickup. I think he was more of a stopgap. Yeah. He yes. wasn't like something you write home about, but it, it, it helped. I could honestly say, when Ellis comes back, I could see Emelyn being scratched. I could see him as an extra. I don't know about being scratched. He's I could an extra. see him, I could see him as a healthy scratch sitting in the press box on games. Uh, he's an extra. 
I feel. But we'll see. I think he'll take Weber's spot. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. So the bottom pair would be Irwin Emlin, which hey, yes, that's what I not think. bad. I mean, that's that's a decent bottom pair right I there. I mean, the only thing I see about Emlin is he brings a very physical presence. He's not afraid to fight it up. He is tearing but it do up we, in that open Do we need that? We've already got Cody McLeod on the fourth line doing that. Do we need do we need that same type of presence on the on the D pairs too? Yeah, but that's a winger and this is a demon. So I mean, you could argue. You could have the physical, you know, presence on both. So, and do you think Benino was our best pickup because center depth is what exposed us in the yeah. finals? Yes, everyone saw that once we lost Joey. Our down the middle was pretty bare. Yeah, I mean, when you have no, Sissons stepping up, the no first offense year. against Sissons, he did the best he could. I think he duly got rewarded with a hat trick. He did what he could, but we need a better presence in center. Yeah, Benino. Out of the, out of which player would you rather have, regardless of of position rosters? Benino is definitely a better player than Emlin, so I'd, I'd much rather have him. Just as generally speaking, anyway. For sure, for sure. But another acquisition we had was Scott Hartnell. So put it this way: Who do you got between? Who do you think is going to have more points this year between uh, Benino and Scott Hartnell? I think Hartnell. Really, I I, I kind of make a play for yes and a play for no. Granted, Hartnell scored in the preseason. Looked pretty good. I mean, that shot on 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 net was just a ridiculous angle. Yes, it was. I mean, absolutely insane. That said, he's going to have that really big physical presence up front. He's going to get, as Matt would say, those junkyard dog yeah. goals. And, like, having Hartnell back is, like, so reminiscent for me in my childhood because, like, he used to be on our team when... I, I was much younger, you know, watching, watching. You've been like a kid at Christmas ever since we got him back. I, I have been because I mean, that, that was my childhood. Some of the players that I used to see growing up and going to the games. So having him back, I think he's going to be a really big and much needed physical presence in front of the net that we were missing last year. That said, I think that opens up the way for Benino to have more points because I think Benino, given the extra ice time, will produce accordingly, kind of like when he stepped up the second in Pittsburgh uh, after their injuries. And not to mention you're surrounding him with decent players to begin with. You're surrounding Benino with a Fiala, with a strong physical presence in front of the net, like Hartnell, who can throw those screens up to block goaltenders' visions. So I think it's going to be a give and take. They'll probably be pretty close on point production, I think. Yeah, I was looking at their stats last year. They both actually scored 37 points. So I anticipate that being very similar again this year because you're putting them on the same line. I'm going to give Benino the slight edge just because he's the center and will likely touch the puck a little more. But they're going to play into each other, so they're both going to have similar stats. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think they're going to feed on each other. Yeah, that's going to be a more physical, like in your face, like, you know, pound at home line. But then again, you're going to also have Fiala who has incredible speed and can, you know, whip around the net on tight angles and and get those crazy shots. So Fiala looked fantastic in the preseason. So I'm excited to see that, that kid play this year. You know what I'm excited for right now? What are you excited for, Kyle? I'm excited that we can give our final top five of the preseason before we get into the regular season. I've been waiting for this one all preseason long. Because now I know next week's is going to be actual season talk. We are done with the preseason, finally. <laughs> finally. So, we have more content to talk about. So, so let's get started. All so right. this is our top five preseason predictions. 
And as we always do, I will go first. Now, is this league-wide or just Predators, Kyle? Kind of all over the board. Okay. I'm all over the board, too. So, just had to check. So Just because what? I was like, I could tell you five things about the Preds, but I think it's more interesting to uh, do five things about the league. Oh, there, there's a couple predictions that uh, I'm interested to see from Matt and you. So, go ahead. So, number five. Dallas is going to crash and burn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> burn, man. Wow. Woo, they're going to burn up on re-entry. They have only made, and I can't believe I'm correctly wrong on this or not. Correctly nuts. wrong? Yes, That's incorrectly an wrong. Yes. So let me just double check my note here. So they won their Stanley Cup in 98. And they've only made the playoffs twice in the last nine seasons. Oh, man. That's terrible. And they were 29th in the league in goals allowed. Basically goals against. Why were they? Terrible goaltending with Leighton and Amy. Daniel and I saw poor Leighton almost die. <laughs> yeah, he, he took one right, right where it counts. So took a, um, took a Shea bomb right to the midsection, and we legit thought he was dead. Yeah, I thought it hit him like in the neck from our point of view, but went a little lower, and that cup saved his life. So Dallas decided that they were going to fix their goaltending. So what they do? They go out and get Ben, ben Bishop. Bishop from ben the Bishop. from the Bolts slash Kings because I'm really not counting the Kings because he was kind of there for that playoff push. That was it. Mm, that lasted long. They picked up uh, Radulov from the uh, Canadians because Radulov was like, I'm going to give it a one-year deal with the Canadians. And Dallas is like, hey, come on down. They lost one of the Ben, ben twins and they got Martin Hansel and Mark Mathot. Great additions. It's still going to suck. I, I, here's the deal with Dallas, and this is what rubs me each year. They don't make the playoffs, and they decide to burn the whole system down. Like, we have a perfectly good ship. We might be able to make some improvements to the ship to keep moving on, you know, maybe make the playoffs in a year or two, maybe, like, farm like other teams. Nope, we didn't get any results. Fire the coach. That guy's out. Let's get a, another goaltender. And we're using every ounce of our salary cap before we even get to the first game. They don't and even they have... will literally reorganize their entire team. And I feel like every year they have to reset their chemistry. They don't give people enough time. You're talking about cap space. They don't even have enough cap space to sign Matt's mom. That's <laughs> bad. That's bad. I mean, I looked at it earlier. They're about six hundred thousand dollars and some change in cap space. That's it. Yeah, they're not making any more That's moves. That's bad so. cap management. Well, they did make a lot of offseason moves. And another thing you mentioned, they got a new coach. You didn't mention they got a new coach in there. But they did try to supplement their weaknesses on defense. You mentioned they brought in a few Okay, it's Ken players. Hitchcock. Well, we've seen this before in times past where they big, do big offseason moves and they're like, oh, my God, they're going to do great. And they don't, do, they don't make a big push. I've seen power rankings having them at like two, and I'm like, what the? No. no. I'm like, no, but but just because you sign a bunch of names doesn't mean you have chemistry at all. They did sign a bunch of names. I think they're going to improve. They're not going to crash and burn. They're not going to be number two, but they're going to get a little better. But So I'm going to have to disagree. I don't think they're going to crash and burn. If they make the playoffs, first round exit. I could see that. It's just it's just funny because it's, it's like an all or nothing mentality with them. It's like, oh, this team didn't work. Let's fire all of them. Well, and get a new team in. You got to so. think the creativity of their goal chant is simply just chanting Dallas Stars. So I don't have much hope for them. Yeah, it's 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 pretty dismal. So, all right, 
That leads me to one of my preseason predictions. And uh, this one revolves around the Preds and the Central Division on where I think they're actually going to end up. Because, by the way, if people like stats, probably shouldn't go looking for Central Division projections this year. Because I've literally found everything from the Preds ending up at 7th, <laughs> not going to happen, yeah, to 1st. And I'm like, this is a direct result showing that the Central is going to be so tight. And I literally think it's going to come down to the last game to jockey for position. And that said, I think the Predators are going to finish 2nd in the division. Not first. A lot of people are saying first. Blah, 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 blah. No. Second in the division, I think it's a step up. If we can start winning a couple of those overtime games that absolutely just crushed us last year, we will be second. Um, yeah, Kyle was raising his hands. But, I mean, really, if we just win... If you win overtime games according to your win percentage, like in the like your overall win percent, which we did not. I think we were like 20-30% in OT last year but we still won like 65% of the games. We win like 55% of OT. Great improvement. We're already bumping up one or two slots. So that said, I do not think we we finish first. I think we finish second. I don't think we're built kind of for that overtime strategy in the playoffs. I think we finish second. So I think I'm conservative. I'm right in the middle. So That's fair. Well, I'll give you an, another one. My uh, number five for this week, I think that the Capitals are going to have a regression. They lost a lot of pieces oh, this offseason. I know that hurts you to hear, oh, Kyle. Right in the heart. I'm getting, frankly, I'm getting tired of them winning the President's, uh, the President's Trophy. I'm tired of them being the best team. They're going to <laughs> have a regression. I don't care. They are. They lost way too many pieces. They're done. You know I have to kind of agree with that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, who wins the President's Trophy, though? Is that someone else's prediction? I don't want to oh, say it. I don't dot, have a prediction, dot, dot. but I, I, I don't want to even say it. Oh, the Pittsburgh Penguins? Is that what you're going to say? There is a pretty good chance that they're going <laughs> to. Oh, man. And I don't want to say you're it because that hurts me. my heart. Oh. You don't want Sidney Crosby to get the President's <laughs> Trophy and the Stanley <laughs> Cup again? No. If anything, I don't want. I do not want them to three-peat. Screw that. That is boring. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle, and your number four. <laughs> wow. All right, my number four is uh, interesting here. I have picked that the Carolina Hurricanes make the playoffs. Wow. That's a jump. That That's a bold prediction, That's a Kyle. bold prediction for a team that's more than likely a bubble team. Does this have anything to do with Justin Williams going down there? <laughs> Part of it. And so, I mean, I like Justin Williams, but I don't know if he brings that much to the team. I mean... They picked up Justin Williams. Scott uh, Darlin took off for Carolina. Trevor Van Riemsdyk also went with him as part of the deal. So I, th- I think they, I think they're doing. I think they'll do good. They've improved significantly in the off season. They didn't sell. Yeah, they didn't burn. They didn't sell. And I think that they'll probably end up fourth in the Metro. Ooh. Uh. Fourth in the Metro. The Metro is strong, bro. They are very strong. They're, they're strong. This is why this is why I say bubble. If because more than likely, if the Metro is as strong again this year as it was last year, they're going to send five teams to the Eastern Conference playoffs, and I think that Carolina can make that. 
Maybe, but that's a big if. That better that's be a big if. They better be chewing some double bubble if they're a bubble team, because uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, cause come on, you know the penguin, you know the uh, penguins are going back. You know the Capitals are going to make it back. You know that the Blue Jackets are going to try to make that push for it again. I I don't think the Blue Jackets are going to be as good this year as they were last year. You're not going to have a ridiculous streak, a win streak like you did last year. That was no, no, you got Panarin on the team now. Mm. So My that, boy Panarin can help. Yeah, Matt's smiling, cheesing, but and so I think it's possible that Carolina can kind of like sneak in there last at the last moment and make it. That I is if I don't know now if it ends up now if the Atlantic and the Metro are much tighter, then I don't think a Carolina will make it. I think it really depends on the Atlantic. Really, I think the Metro is pretty solid. You know, three teams from the 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 Metro obviously are just probably almost ends. That's the Penguins, the Capitals, and the Blue Jackets. And then after that, it's kind of going to be jockeying for position as far as, you know. You know, we're talking about just bold predictions, so I was like, well, just go bold. That is bold indeed, Kyle. What is your number four? So number four, I'm kind of keeping it close to home here. And I kind of alluded this in the um, main portion of our podcast, but I think there's one player on our roster that just has a bad year. And that's Craig Smith. I'm sorry. Wait, I, wait. I, you mean to say he has a good year, right? No, no. He has a bad year. He did not look like someone who had the drive and the motivation last year to put up the numbers that he is getting paid for. He's getting paid third-line money with a fourth-line production, as we said. I'm interested to see how that pans out this year. I'm desperately hoping Sissons and Salty bring his level of game up kind of get him motivated because he's just looked too stagnant for too long and you can tell. And I think this is a make or break year for him as far as staying on with the team. So you think so? I, I really do. It, it, he's been slacking off and he like like we said, he's well, making too much money for that kind of performance. Looking at his stats here, for the fifteen sixteen season, he had twenty one goals. For sixteen and seventeen season, he only had twelve. Yeah, that's, that's that's quite a production it's, drop. It's bad. So he was injured a little bit, but he wasn't injured bad enough for that harsh of a drop off. So we'll we'll see what happens. But four that games. is my prediction. Yeah, that, that's a no. four game difference. No, no, that's that's unexcusable. That's just a complete drop off, drop off in performance. And um, we'll see what happens in this year. So go ahead. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that. That's not far of a stretch. I'm waiting on you guys to drop the hot takes. Oh, hold on. We but got I haven't uh, heard anything three. that crazy yet. One through three. But uh, my number four, I am going to say the Blackhawks are going to take a step back this year. This is finally the year they're going to start regressing. I think everybody knows that. And they lost Breadman. They lost Panarin. I don't care who they got back. Don't matter. They made that feeble attempt to get that championship band back together. It's you know, a couple a year or two can make a difference. Yeah, I think that this the time has elapsed on them. They've been. A staple for so long, but that window is closing, and you will see that this year. They will take a step back for sure. Now, they're not going off the map or nothing, but uh, I have seen some predictions that are going off the map. Actually, EA Sports recently released their uh, simulation of where the teams are and who won the cup, and they have, in the central, they have Chicago at sixth out of seven. Wow. They make, sixth? They have them dropping way off the now, map. That is I a, don't that's know a about hot that. That's for a simulation. Yeah. I was like, man, that's... Mm. Who do they have winning? Or in the finals? They have the Lightning and the Oilers, I believe. Mm. 
They've got the I'm, Lightning I winning. Could, I could see I could see the Oilers. Lightning, mm, that's a little bit of a stretch. Their team has to stay healthy if they're going to get that far. Very healthy. So, well. so yeah, that I thought that was a bit of a stretch. They got them falling off the map. I've got them regressing, which everybody pretty much does, but I don't have them going that far away. So that's my number four. All right, Kyle. Number three. My number three is very simple. We've kind of already touched on it. Matt did earlier. I don't think the Penguins are going to repeat. Statistically, I, it's impossible. I mean, impossible. It's imp- it's improbable. Highly, <laughs> you highly improbable. The math does not but, yeah. Uh, to the point that it's pretty much impossible. It's basically like rolling six three times in a row. The math simply cannot be done. It's a big inside joke for us. I mean, you got to think like they lost Trevor Daly, Ron Hainsley. Mark Street, Benino, Benino, yeah. uh, Colin, and they got Flurry. Got to send off to the yeah, to, to, to the Knights. I've heard people describe these players that they lost as like key, as not key core players, but just more as piece players. That's fine, but these guys all brought something to your team, and you basically got the point now where you're kind of like, we've won two cups, awesome. All these free agents came around, and their GM even told them he's like, go test the free agency. Come back if you want. And a lot of them didn't come back. So I think they've reached that point where I'm not going to go out on a limb and say the Penguins are a dynasty. I think it's highly improbable that they will three-peat. And that being said, I'm not sure who I'd pick the win yet. got to think about it. I I think this year's cup is definitely more up for grabs than last year's. I I mean, I would love to say that the Preds are going to grab it. But we'll see what happens. It's just, it's too early. <laughs> These are preseason, so we're sitting here speculating all the way into almost you know June at this point. And ironically enough, I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. I did not have the pre- uh, the Penguins winning the cup. Um, that was my number three, so way to steal it, Kyle. Um, kind of just to back yours up without repeating some of the stuff. We, I, I feel like they lost a lot of that depth that if they do have a key injury, they're not going to be able to sub someone in as quickly and have the same results that they had. Kind of like in goaltending, they were able to swap off two world-class goalies. I mean, who can say that? I know other team could, and that's one reason why the, you the Knights know. lucked out in the in the expansion draft when he was available. So um, that said, I don't think they three-peat because the target is... If the target was high last year to knock off the defending champs, the target is that much higher to knock off the team from the three-peat. But that's it. I'm still, I'm still undecided on who actually wins the cup. Well, I'll, I'll draw a nice parallel for you. Kyle mentioned they lost so many pieces, and while they didn't say they were core players, how many pieces does it take until it changes? You know, there might not be core, but they comprise a certain percentage, and you, you're switching out a pretty good percentage of your players. And I draw a reference to Chicago when they did this. They lost a few players after winning a couple cups. Oh, it's no big deal. We can do it without them. Well, you know, it mm, lost something. That's yeah. why they're trying to get it back together. They're trying to get those pieces. So the Penguins losing a couple of those, they might not be key core players, sure, but it does detract in some way. And you're going to, I think you're right. They're going to be missing some of those pieces this year. As far as the depth and just plug in, you know, and like I said, both teams actually, ironically enough, Nashville and Pittsburgh were injured going into the finals. Key players. Um, I would argue that 
Nashville had more injuries than the Penguins as far as key players. I mean, our number one center goes down. I mean, that alone is terrible, but Benino was out. Uh, I mean, you had other players out on the Penguins, but I just don't think they're going to have that depth this year. I don't think they repeat. So. Right. Well, my number three, bring it to the Predators for a minute. I have them finishing the Central at third place. Very close to what I did. I, and I, I flip back and forth in between third and second myself. So you're right aligned. Right. I don't think it's not likely like how the EA had Chicago dropping to seventh in the mm-hmm. Central. They finished first in the Central. That's that's a huge drop from first to first to sixth. I'm sorry, first seventh. to sixth. Uh, they're out of seven. They dropped to six. Okay. Um, it's not likely that happens. Usually, a team might jump one, maybe two. So, keeping consistent, like you said, they they made it to the cup, but that doesn't mean that they're that caliber of a team like first seed they're not first seed they were a wild card seed and that's a much larger sample size of games they made a couple offseason moves but you know they might take just a slight bump up and last year they finished fourth in the centrals and i got them bumped up to third so that's that's certainly reasonable maybe second maybe if you're feeling frisky well i think once that uh, it's going to come down to the last one or two yeah. games it's going to be so I, I think, tight i think it it's going to be way. so tight that you might have to wait to the last one to two games for that second or third seed yeah. to come up. So it, it's really so close in the central that I don't think it's going to matter that much. But the seeding will matter for us because if we can get out of the wild card spot just to get a couple more home games for the playoffs, like you said, the seeding does matter. You do not want to be going against that number one number, seed. Yeah, number one thing. I and, don't want to place a first seed team. I, don't I do not want to be them. wild card. Do not put us in wild card. I, I know that's the guy's goal this year. Get out of the wild card slot. Good things are, you know, like good things will happen because we're not in the wild card slot. That gives yeah, you statistically sure. the better chance to get to the further rounds in the playoffs. So let's go ahead and make that step this year. Get out of that wild card spot, and I think our team is more built for the playoffs. Like we said before, I don't, I don't like the whole three on three because if we get it, if we get to overtime and we're still playing five on five, I feel pretty good. Regular season, we get to overtime. I do not feel good. I'm ready to hit the exit because I know we're about to get one point. So that said, it's one of those get to the playoffs. Anything can happen, but I want that higher seed. Right. So, yeah, I've got them bumping up from fourth in the Central to third in the Central this year. That's my number three call. Cool deal. My number two is revolve around the Preds. Get my one Pred-centric preseason prediction. Only one. That's surprising. Um, I'm going to say that Philip Forsberg and Victor Arvidsson both eclipse the 30-goal mark again this year. Both, okay. So they both do it. Repeat. Yep. So you had Forsberg for the past two years has had 33 and 31 goals mm-hmm. the last two years. And then Victor Arvidsson came out with 31 goals last season, up from his measly eight <laughs> the season before. Of course, he had about 24 more games to add into it. Yeah. But it is what it is, so... I think it's going to happen. I think, you know, having them on that Jofa line, I know some people don't like the word Jofa. In fact, there are some people on Twitter who say they will never say it. Yeah. I think it's a cool acronym. Didn't it's will- an easy way to say the whole yeah. line without saying Forsberg, uh, Arvidsson, and Johansson. Uh, it, Jofa. You know exactly what we're talking about already. I think Done. didn't, didn't uh, Willie Donahue uh, make it? I don't know where it came from. I think That's it was going to be some good research. We're going to find him. out this week. I think it was him and did it. Yeah, I obviously, that's one of my, there's nothing more to it. That's the prediction that <laughs> the they're going to be 
that yeah, they are going to. Well, I mean, you got to look at it too. You think look at shooting percentage wise. Arvinson was the most impressive. So for 15, 16, his shooting percentage was 5.8%. Okay. And you get to uh, 16, 17, which is the year he just blew the gates out of the water. Blew point. the gates out of the water. Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> blew the gates out of the water, yep. Uh, 12.6%. That's incredible. That's, that's, that's double. That's a huge, yeah. And then you got Forsberg, who's just chilling over here like it's nothing going at 134 and 13.2%. Here's the deal. Even with his slow start. I'm just about to say, if if that mug can come out of the gate in the first two months and score just a couple goals, you know how much better our team is for it? I mean, seriously, he has struggled so bad in the first two months. And it's like... He, once he, actually, he hits it... I know, I know. Once he hits it, he turns it on. He's super streaky, but he he actually got you know, a goal and looked good in the preseason, which is a great sign. And it was towards the end of the preseason, so he was facing more like first-line talent. So I'm like, dude, just keep it. Just give us... Just give us average numbers in the first two months, and that's going to help our record out so much. And yeah. I, I mean, average numbers in the first two months, and we're a better team at the end of the year because of it. Just saying. That's a little sidebar to yours, but... Well, that's a good segue to what your number two is. All right, number two. That kind of stole my thunder. As he always does. <sighs> Chicago is not going to finish number one. And... They're not finishing six or whatever sports simulation <laughs> that was, whatever yeah. crap that was. I mean, I, I'm not a Chicago fan, but I'm sorry. They're, they're still a championship caliber team. You know, they're not going to drop that far from grace. I, I feel like fourth is probably where they'll end up. Um, if they fall lower than fourth, they're going to sacrifice Tommy Hawk. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's the mascot. Yeah, if 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 they go lower than four. They're burning everything. Um, Chicago will burn down again in another great fire. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's unacceptable for them at this time. I do think that Minnesota will finish first in our division. I agree. That's a bonus prediction, but I am going to say Minnesota number one. And then the Preds and Blues are going to be fighting for two and three. Chicago four, but that said, I think two, three, and four are going to be like inst- literally the tightest race. I think it's going to be Minnesota, then a couple point drop, and then you're going to have two, three, and four literally like one or two, three points away from each other, and it's going to take to the last game to decide who jumps. That yeah. that's that's that middle section. I really think real that middle tight. it's going to be brutal and, and two, three, that, and four. That long avalanche to the bottom, <laughs> the long slide, like a ski jump. But, yeah, they'll get to hit the offseason much quicker and hit the slopes early. So that's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, my number two, we talked about it briefly already, is that uh, I'm going to talk about Dallas. I think they are <laughs> are going to make the biggest jump. If there's a team that's going to make a big big difference. <laughs> we got, okay, just to point out the, the, the stat simulation in our group already. He's saying crash and burn. Kyle's saying crash and burn. And then Matt's saying the biggest jump. That mm-hmm. just, just goes to show you how in flux the Central Division is this year. So, Well, we talk about off-season roster changes affect, affect the regular season. That's a big way it's going to change. Teams don't generally move too high up. They might jump one spot, maybe two. 
But with the amount of offseason work that they've done, they have probably the chance at making the most difference. So if there's a team I'm going to keep my eye on, my eye on to making that jump, it's probably going to be Dallas. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to finish second, but if there's a team that has a chance to make a jump, it's them because of their offseason moves. Now, we've seen it before, but this time it might click. Where do they land? Wild card? I've got them finishing fifth. Okay. So they wild. finished sixth last year. I've got to jump in one up. So wild card. You think they're going to make a wild card? Maybe. Okay, that makes sense. I, I, I could see that too just because I, I liked – some of their acquisitions this year better than their barn, you know, like burn the whole thing last year and the year before. Uh, I think Radulov and Bishop were two really good acquisitions for them. Bishops are saving grace. Their goal has been atrocious. Literally saving grace. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I'm really interested in Mark Bethot, but that's on a shocker. He's defense. So yeah. That's you're powerful. That's powerful. About that D. <laughs> yeah. All about wow. it. Wow. <laughs> all right, Kyle, let's hear your dumb number one. Wow. <laughs> Where's the hot takes at? There's got to be it right here. Oh, I will say this. You guys have been dancing all over my number one. <laughs> Just dancing on it. <laughs> Literally. Okay, so I have not told these guys I'm a number one at all. Good. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope it upsets me so much. It's, Dude, I want to hear it fresh on the mic. It's not. So earlier at work today during my downtime, I composed the central... The central. The central division. My central division rankings. Like preseason rank, like where are they going to... Where? So they're, one through One through seven, seven one where through they're going to end up like for I the do. year. So let's just go through this oh list. Oh my God, start at seven. The Avs. Mm, shocker. shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. We totally, we're, we're one for one right now. Go ahead. Seven, the Jets. Okay, two for I'm, two. I'm there with <laughs> you. We're right there. Now this is where it gets interesting, right? Yep. Number five, stars. Hey, I'm there. Man, we are sneaking. We are, we're pretty good right now, Kyle. I thought this was a... No, it's kind of crazy, just with the mindset. Four is the Hawks. Wow, I said the Hawks at four, you too. You said four. Yeah. I'm, I'm higher on them. You're but... three, but still. Blues at three. Man, and I said the Predators in two. I've got Preds at two and Wild at one. Dude, Kyle and I is full mind sync right now. I mean, it was the most obvious. Now, that's some stats that we can back up right there. Two... That was the most obvious fallen of the teams because of how tight that race is. And we say this, and I guarantee you two through four is going to be a bloodbath in the last week. The last week of the, the league is going to be a slaughter. That's, yeah, two, three, and four, I think, falls within three, maybe four points yeah. of each other. I mean, the variance is almost, it's just a margin of error at this point. Yeah. So probably, probably less than that, really. That's why I think we're seeing so much variation in the in the predictions for stats this year it's it's going to be so tight there's so. so many little players that they go oh this would cause that and cause that no the fall of ryan ellis does not mean we're going to drop down to seventh well i'm not putting our team between the <laughs> avalanche and the jets <laughs> yeah that, that's insane well if you put it in a positive light he's out for two months or so well y'all guys didn't even play for the first two months last year so that's just par for the course so. yeah i mean if we're gonna have the injuries have it now yeah it's exactly like last year again. So just get it out of your system. We'll regroup for the playoffs. So that's my mentality. All right, Daniel, you're number one. Number one. All right. I'm picking our number one breakout player of the year. For on the, the Predators. On the Preds. I want to guess. And that is going to be. Let me guess first. Now, you know, 
Don't, don't give Kyle me that. Don't give me that. Thunder. No, right? This is my number one, Kyle. Okay, Fine. listen here. <laughs> Fine. It's going to be Kevin Fiala. Do it. With a bold prediction of 25 goals. It's bold, I know, but just looking at the man during the freaking preseason, he was all over the ice, scoring goals, getting to the spots he needed to be, generating the offense. Be quite honest, he probably could have had a couple more goals too. Uh, he looked good in the shootout too, which is desperately needed for us. Uh, yeah, yes, that yes. shootout goal of his He's was sick, awesome. Sick. I mean, and that was some of the quickest handles. He's like left, right, left, right, back, pulled it back to him, and then top shelved it over the goal. I was like. Yes, that's what we need. Yeah, that was awesome. And he's young and just feisty. And now what he has more importantly is he has more experience and he has the confidence. And you can tell that he's got more confidence going into this year because of that playoff run. And it's crazy to think, though, that he comes back from a femur being shattered literally like three months ago. And he looks good, if not better, than what he did last year. But he's got that confidence and that swag now going into it. I, I, I'm just I'm surprised just you're saying 25 because he only scored 11 last season. How many games did he play? 54 games. Okay. And, and he was getting better as the season went on. I'm telling you, 25. Okay. What yeah, was if he it? plays the rest you, of what's the his, games. Do you have the uh, preseason stats on him? Let's see here. Preseason. Look at this. And not to <sighs> mention he's playing... Likely with Hartnell and Benino, two I know. bosses. He, he, that's what I'm saying. They're going to bring him up too. And oh, I mean, yeah. talk about awesome experience. This kid, how he? When was he born? He was born 96. in '96. Oh my goodness! And he's getting to play with Benino and Hartnell on a second line in the NHL. Yeah, he's going to be good. He's going to. I'm telling you, he's our breakout player this year. Five games, three goals. Five games, three goals. Not bad. I'm telling you. He stays healthy. And he does he that. Looking that. He, 25 goals 25 is goals is reachable, if not even higher. But I'm just going to say 25 because he has no track record. So 25 plus, I'm taking the plus on the 25, not the under. And I, I really think he can hit it. I really think he can hit it with him being on the second line this year. So. All right. Well, another piece of information I found, uh, I looked at those, the EA Sports uh where they ran the simulation. And what I briefly saw a glimpse of was they had Detroit at the very bottom of the Boom. league. And I, I quickly <laughs> glanced it and I, I kept scrolling. I said, I don't believe it. No, they were definitely wrong on that. I'm not going to believe that. <laughs> but uh, you know, a team I do believe in this year, uh, my number one I've got is Connor McDavid is going to win the Art Ross trophy again this year. Okay. He's going to have the most points and he is the player to watch. I'm just waiting for him to win the cup. I probably put my money on the Oilers to win the cup this year. I'm waiting for Matt to come in one day with his uh, McDavid jersey. No, I think no, we're past because that. guess what? Now that McDavid's getting popular, he'll be the league's golden boy in a year or two. Yeah, I looked at him. I I could see that this is happening. I can see him winning a cup. <laughs> I could see it happening last year. It didn't happen. So this time, I'm thinking, all right, I'm putting my money preseason prediction. I'm going to put. Uh, it's Connor McDavid's show. He's going to win the Art Ross Trophy. I think he they might win. The uh, what happens year. if the Preds and the Oilers meet in the playoffs? Oh my God, that would be a dream. That'd be, that'd be oh, awesome. First of all, that's a dream. Uh, Western Conference Finals for me. I would absolutely freaking love that. I would love to see that. And you know what? I kind of this might be unpopular. 
how sweet would the satisfaction would be if we go back to the finals and it's Pittsburgh again and we somehow can end up beating them? You're one a nightmare. That would be everybody's nightmare. Everyone's nightmare? You mean everyone's dream for a rematch? First of all, the league would love it because, one, it's the Penguins and, and Sid the Kid. That's already like they want them. We're technically getting our rematch Saturday. True. They get to go to Nashville, which that was the big hot top. Oh, look at this emerging market. You know, blah, blah, blah. Actually, we're back. Oh, we'll be going to Pittsburgh hockey. Saturday. Yeah. And then on top of it, you have some of the storylines with the Crosby PK thing from last year. You have Benino swapping. <laughs> you have Benino swapping sides, yeah. which how sweet would it be for a rematch to happen, which hasn't happened in a long time? I think it was, uh, who was the last Stanley Cup finals rematch? Was it? Uh, Detroit and... I don't know. I don't anyway. know off the top of my head. Um, that said, you have those storylines. How sweet would it be if Benino swapped the fence and then won the cup on the other side for his third straight title on a different team on a rematch? That'd be pretty sweet. There's a lot of storylines that would make a rematch in the finals um, very special um, and very satisfactory for, um, for Preds fans. But I, I would love... That would be my dream matchup going to the finals is uh, having the Oilers and the Preds matched up. I think this year I don't want I don't even want to see Penguins in the finals. I would love it if uh, the Capitals knocked them out this year. That would be what that's I would not like happening, to see. Matt. According to your your <laughs> fall from grade, I, know, I just would j- like to see it. The Capitals are getting beat up in the second round all the time by them. Capitals are a much better team than getting knocked out so early. They just happen to go against the best team in the league just because of the way it lines up. So I would like to see them just take a step farther. And not that I care about the Capitals like Kyle does. I just, I'm just i tired of seeing the Penguins. I don't want to see them in the finals. I don't want to rematch. I don't even want to look at them. <laughs> That's the way I view it. Well, I'm in agreement with you, too. I just, whatever, be done. I, I have a feeling the Penguins are going to be back in the finals. Don't it, say it. It's that. just, it's so, you said it yourself earlier. You you can't even deny well, the fact. I didn't fact. say they'd be in the finals. I said they would be the likely President's Trophy winner this year. It may be. We all know. Which leads to other good things. Yeah, we yeah. all know Unlike whoever the wins Capitals. the President's Trophy gets knocked out in the second round. You know what's funny? is They'll win the President's Trophy this year, still go up against the Capitals, and still beat the Capitals. Because the Capitals can't solve the Penguins' problem. So. Look, I'm a Capitals fan as well, and I, I have to agree they're just cursed. Yeah, it, it, they just can't get over the hump with if that. If there's any team that has a nightmare, it's the Capitals playing the Penguins whenever. So. All right, guys, well, I think that does it for the week. We went through quite a bit. I will say this is our final preseason episode. Next time you hear from us, which should be in a couple of weeks, we'll be well into the regular season. We will be uh, back with some recaps of the games. Hopefully, the Preds will be on a winning record. <laughs> we'll see, Kyle. This is the first first month. We don't show up for October. So. This is true. We play our first uh, game Thursday against Boston. Then we're going to go play uh, Pittsburgh. On Saturday, and then Daniel, we're oh, gonna be back. We're gonna it's go. It's gonna be glorious, man. Not, no pun intended with the theme song that will probably be played in the arena, but glorious it's gonna be nice. Played as that banner is raised, we will have our very first Western Conference that's championship special. banner. That's special for us. So that's a and big moment for our franchise. Everybody knows the goal is to now go claim the big, the big trophy, and the big banner. Don't know where I was going with that. But, hey, big trophy sounds great. <laughs> I, th- I think it motivates us more than anything. It does. I-, I think seeing the Western Conference banner up there means we got close. 
but you fell short. Yeah, it's a and, good reminder and of motivation. Good, uh, yeah, and I think we'll get onto that in other episodes, but I know Joey had that article that came out, and, and he said it motivated him um, big time. He's ready to get the banner up as fast as he can so he can look up and it be a reminder to him and try to motivate the team just to push a little harder to put an even better banner beside it. And when he said that, I was like, that's a good way. That's a good mentality to start the season. Yeah, that's nice. Let's get it up in the rafters quick, but we got work to do. Definitely. Well, guys, this has been Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. If you want to find us on Twitter, you can find the show at Music City Gold. You can find me at Kyle Hancock. You can find Matt at MattBain31. We have still yet to get Daniel get in Twitter. I will get it. Jeez. Goodness. I'm on record. On record, you will get it. And if you want to drop the show an email, you can reach us at musiccitygold at gmail.com. This has been Music City Gold, hosted by Penalty Box Radio. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you on the ice. Music City Gold.